0: Welcome to Business Beyond Usual. My name is Eduardo Raymond and we are recording live from the Ross School of Business once again. I'm here with Ivy Kim and today we're going to talk about getting ready for the MBA, from moving to Ann Arbor to getting ready for classes and recruiting, including pre-MBA internships and much more, together with an amazing panel and we're very excited for this episode.
1: Before we get started, we want to encourage you to get in touch. We always love engaging with our listeners and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at bbupodcast at umich.edu. Again, that's bbupodcast at umich.edu. Also follow us on Instagram at ross underscore bbu. Again, that's ross underscore bbu. And feel free to DM us there as well. Ask us questions, suggest episode topics, or just say hello. We'll spend some time at the beginning of each show, reading some of your messages and answering any questions you might have.
0: So let's kick it off by introducing our amazing panel. With us, we have Isabel Shanefelt and Jess Mirston. First of all, thank you for joining us. Would you please introduce yourselves and share with our listeners what you were doing before Ross, what you are involved with on campus, and what you hope to do after? Isabel, if we can start with you.
2: Yeah, so excited to be here and really excited to speak with you all. So before Ross, I was living in Chicago. I was a teacher with Teach for America, and then I worked in marketing at Teach for America, At Ross, I'm in Tech Club, incoming VP of Community Relations, and I'm a board fellow, and I do student consulting for a local nonprofit. And then this summer, I'm interning with Adobe, and after Ross, I'm looking to pivot into product marketing and tech. Jess?
3: So excited to be here. I listened to the podcast when I was admitted to Ross, so I was excited to connect with new students. So prior to Ross, I actually started my career in retail. I was working in inventory management for Banana Republic Japan in San Francisco and then was drawn to the tech scene. So I actually joined a startup where I built and scaled the customer success team. And here at Ross, I've been involved with a lot of things. So I joined the Social Venture Fund, which is the first student-led impact investing fund in the nation. That's been something that I've been really invested in. Also, Michigan Businesswomen, uh, Mason Brew and a couple of other organizations love to hop by the dance nights that a lot of cultural groups host for students. After the school year wraps up for the summer, I'm going to be interning at Zendesk, which is a tech company focused on customer service software, and I'll be doing go-to-market strategy.
0: Since we're also going to be pitching in a couple times during the episode, Ivy, do you also mind introducing yourself?
1: Of course. Yeah, so my name is Ivy. I am currently a first-year MBA student at Ross. Uh, Prior to Ross, I was living in Korea for about six years, and I was working at Samsung Electronics as a product marketing manager. That was a great experience. Um, but, you know, during that time, we were hit with a lot of China-U.S. trade wars and also all the supply chain issues stemming from COVID. And I thought this was a really great time to get an MBA to kind of really understand how all the different macroeconomic factors play into businesses. And at Ross, I am part of the Consulting Club. I'm also going to be the incoming VP of Career Development for KBC, our Korean Business Club, obviously, BBU podcast. Um, Yeah, so it's been great. And over the summer, I'll actually be pivoting to consulting. I'll be at PwC Strategy and in their Chicago office. So really excited about that. What about you, Eduardo?
0: Thank you. So... Before Ross, I spent about six years at GM. I worked in a variety of different roles, between sales, marketing, finance in a rotational program. The last thing I was doing was sales forecasting, so also very impacted by COVID and the chip shortage. Mm -hmm. And yeah, on campus, very involved with the podcast. I was also a member of the tech club, the marketing club. And after Ross, we'll see, I hope to land uh, a job in the tech industry as well for the summer. I'll be at Dell with their product and operations marketing group.
1: All right. Thanks. Okay. So let's just dive into it. I'd love to talk about academics. So for me personally, I just turned 30.
2: Same. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it's been a hot minute since I've been in school. My major was in media studies and global poverty and practice, which means that I didn't have a lot of quant-heavy classes during my undergrad years. So I was a little bit nervous about going back into the classroom setting, um, you know, dealing with topics that I hadn't dealt with before, like accounting, finance, econ, etc. And for Ross, I know that there's a lot of resources available for incoming MBA one class to kind of help them with academics. So, for example, I know that there's Analytics Primer, which really kind of gives you a high level overview of stats, kind of basic calculus. And then there's also Fast Track to Finance. And obviously, there's a bunch of free Coursera classes as well. So just wondering if you guys took advantage of
2: any of those resources or maybe outside of Ross. Would love to hear from you, Isabel. Yeah. Similarly, coming from the nonprofit world, I have not been in school for quite a bit, also just turned 30. And I taught fourth grade math, but fourth grade is very different than accounting, (laughs) stats, and everything. So I um, took the MBA math opportunity, I guess, that was available online, which was super, super helpful for me. And then I also took the analytics primer, which that intro to stats was so useful for me when we took that as our core class. Like The first week of it was what we had covered in the analytics primer. So it was really helpful for me.
3: Yeah. And on my end, I'd actually studied business in undergrad. So grateful to have a bit of that foundation before coming back to school. For me, I really wanted to focus on a lot of introspection and also getting up to speed on the business environment. So I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts, you know, Planet money for economics. Mm-hmm. Cause I know a lot of that's really fun to pull into the classroom and just really understand the current state of the world. And man, did I take the GMAT and GRE a bunch of times. <laughs> so I always, I had my my cheat sheets on hand and that was definitely something I reviewed a little bit just to make sure I was up to speed on some basic kind of math and statistics to get ready for those core courses.
0: Yeah, for me, I think one of the things that I found helpful was uh, we have free access to the Wall Street Journal and New York Times through the central student government, if I'm not mistaken. And I think it's helpful to get in the habit of, you know, reading. We do have some classes that there are heavier readings for you to do cases to read. And that was something that I didn't do as much. And, and also, you know, being an international student, I think getting in the habit of reading in English a little bit more was something that was important to me. I am also a very slow reader. So that was something that I took advantage of, I think, over the summer as well. So let's jump into recruiting. I think for some people, it it might seem very early to start to think about recruiting, and for some, it is. But there can be benefits to starting early. I can touch on my experiences, and I'll ask you guys to share a little bit about yours as well. We have a summer recruiting prep course that's uh, offered through the Career Development Office, or the CDO, for us via Canvas And there are a lot of things there that I found very helpful to get here on campus and and feel a little bit more prepared, right? One of them really is, I think, reaching out to people that are in roles relevant to what you plan to do uh, post-MBA, right? So I talked to Ivy (laughs) before the the MBA, and before I even knew her, I, I emailed her. We had a list of people that were coming here to Ross and I was like, "Oh, that's cool! Product marketing manager at Samsung. Like, that's that's exactly what I want to do." Um, so had a chance to talk and understand a little bit more about what that role looks like in tech, for example, and had a couple of other conversations as well. And I feel like that allowed me to, you know, I think get the ball rolling and really hit the ground running. I think when I got here. But curious what your experiences were, Jess.
3: I also talked to Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> Ivy was a hot commodity coming from product marketing. Um, no, but for me, again, I really just wanted to think a lot about where I wanted to see myself, both for the internship and for full time. So I spent a lot of that time really diving into the onboarding course. I think with that course in particular, it is as much as you put into it. Mm-hmm. So for folks who kind of rush through and were really just focused on getting that grade and getting through the course, I think it was a very different experience than I, I really tried to dive in and spend a lot of time Talking to current students, talking to prospective students, and also talking to alumni in areas, functions, and companies that I was interested in recruiting for. So definitely something I found super helpful. It kind of helped keep the noise of recruiting during the fall a little bit out of my head because I had had essentially a little spreadsheet of all the things I was looking for and kind of the reasons for pursuing certain companies or paths. And so that made the process a little bit easier having done the legwork up front to really think and reflect on what I wanted to do for my internship and for full time. Yeah,
2: I resonate with the reflection piece. I knew coming to school that long term I wanted to be in tech and leverage tech for education and increasing access, and wasn't sure what it looked like to actually get there. And like product management, product marketing our terms are terms really thrown around a lot. And so I spent a good chunk of time just Googling what are these things in this world that I don't know anything about and then talking to alumni that are in those roles and companies. And I leveraged the CDO a lot. Like I talked to Dimitri, who's the tech CEO liaison in like May, to just throw some things by him as a resource to make sure what I was reading on Google was accurate. And similarly, I loved the recruiting prep course and felt like coming in in August, I had a generally solid footing of what I wanted to do because I'd front-loaded that.
3: Yeah, and I think adding on to the CDO piece... They actually have a bunch of workshops too, which Mm -hmm. I found really helpful. So for a hot second, I thought about going into consulting, which I think maybe some other folks think about as well, because you're an MBA student. It's one of the things you do. And I actually attended the consulting panel hosted by the CDO and kind of reflecting on that, I decided it wasn't really a path I wanted to go down, but I thought that was a really great resource I was able to leverage coming in beginning of the year.
0: Several of those webinars I think about to this day, one of them was led by someone that used to work at the CDO and had a chance to work at LinkedIn as well. And he talked about some tips to improve your presence on LinkedIn. And it's something that I think was super helpful. And also we did recruit virtually this year for the most part. And there was another webinar about, you know, just tips about how to present yourself virtually. And it sounds like something that, you know, we should have mastered over these past (laughs) Two years, but there are always things that are helpful. And I also got a lot from those webinars. That's a great call out.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I leverage those a lot, which was really helpful. So to give a little bit of um, additional perspective for those who are interested in consulting as their internship, at least. So over the summer before you start your MBA, a lot of firms, I did it with McKinsey, Bain and BCG. They have pre-MBA summer not necessarily a program, but a lot of different um, Zoom calls and webinars to introduce prospective students on different offices. Like, for example, what's the difference between a Chicago office versus a New York office? Just going through different affinity groups within each of those firms, you know, different projects and et cetera. So that was actually really helpful in determining whether or not this was a path that I really wanted to go to. And it sounded great to me. So I decided that was a really big factor into my deciding to recruit for consulting this summer. So really want to encourage everyone to sort of seek those out. I can't necessarily remember the names of those programs, but if you put in any consulting, major consulting firm's name, plus, you know, pre-MBA summer program, you'll find something. And I highly encourage you to seek that out, but also want to encourage you to take the summer off and obviously have a great time Mm -hmm. because you're really not going to have time like that again, I don't think <laughs> you have, unless you're working till the very end, which ooh, I commend you for.
0: That's super um, valid as well. And I think it's an important point to, to make, right? I think there are resources that are helpful and that were super helpful for us. I think we don't want to scare anyone. And it's just to give, you know, everyone an idea of what are some of the resources that all four of us as almost MBA twos really leveraged. And yeah, I think trust the process is is something that you hear a lot, but was important for me.
2: Yeah. And to that point, too, I did stuff over the summer, definitely took my break. And then during our first quarter, was trying to also do my parallel path, knowing that from pivoting into tech is a huge pivot. My parallel path is brand marketing in the CPG industry. And I didn't do anything for that over the summer. And I was still able to successfully recruit just using resources during the school year. So that's always an option and always to
0: support. And the last thing I think I, I would touch on in terms of recruiting is you've probably heard of fact groups by now if you're mm-hmm. considering Ross, right? The last milestone, if I'm not mistaken, of the recruiting uh, summer recruiting prep course is defining your mm-hmm. fact group, right? And that's something that is only done pretty close to when you arrive here. But it helps, I think, in narrowing down a little bit what your focus should be. That being said, like Isabel just mentioned, it's important to have parallel paths as well, right?
1: Yeah, and I want to go back to what Eduardo said about just really trusting the process. As someone who never really knew anything about consulting, but knew that there was going to be case interviews, I was sort of anxious to get a head start, I guess, to see, okay, do I need to be reading certain books, You know, doing mock cases, But, you know, the CDO highly recommended that you read a couple books on it if you wish. But they said, trust us, like come fall. We're going to give you all the right resources to make sure that you're prepared to do mock interviews the right way. And I think as a person, I'm pretty skeptical, but this time I was like, okay, I'm just going to trust the professionals here. And it did. Um, ultimately end up working out. So yeah, to everybody's point, do make sure to enjoy your summer, but knowing that there's going to be resources for you once you get to school.
0: I don't think it was the case for any of us here, but important to also call out early recruiting, right? That can happen Mm -hmm. through the consortium, through the Forte Foundation. They are opportunities that can be very helpful for people that are able to join those programs and just want to call them out
1: Yeah, this is really helpful. And, you know, I want us to kind of pivot away from, you know, recruiting and academics, kind of think back to, I guess, more than six months ago and think about moving to Ann Arbor, right? So as mentioned before, I moved from Korea and Eduardo was moving from Brazil. You know, we had to move internationally. Granted, we had lived in the States before, so we knew sort of what to expect. But making that move is definitely not the easiest. And for me, when I got to the U.S. from Korea this summer to move to Ann Arbor, I actually went to California first with my parents and my little dog all the way from Korea. <laughs> um, and we actually drove from California to Michigan in my boyfriend's family's van. So it was six of us, six humans, and a dog <laughs> um, in, the, <laughs> in the heat of summer, um, you know, taking the Route 66 to Michigan. So that was a really fun experience. But, you know, moving is just, it's not easy whether you're doing it from abroad or domestically. Um, and planning that out is certainly not easy at all. So would love to hear about your guys' experience about, you know, moving. For you guys, kind of choosing where to live in Ann Arbor, um, moving with a partner, thinking about, do you want to buy a car? Do you just want to take the bus, bike, walk? Sort of what your thought process was like. Um, Would love to hear that from you, Isabel.
2: Yeah. Also, what a long drive from California. (laughs) I was coming from Chicago, so it was very quick. So yeah, starting, I think, moving with a partner. So my partner was able to come to Ann Arbor with me, and that was something that I factored in, I mean, along my entire MBA journey, which is another story, but something that really stuck with me, it's advice a mentor gave me a long time ago of if you're moving with a partner, that is a part of your life. And so it's very valid to make decisions based on your partner. And that kind of dictated where we lived. So coming from Chicago City, we'd always had an apartment and my partner really wanted to live somewhere that was more of a home, a house feeling. I wanted to live in a community of MBAs. And we landed on Woodbury because of that. It's a little farther away than some of the other places that MBA students live in. But we have a town home. We have the dog park across the street. We also got a dog while we lived here. We were looking to do that. So that really informed where we would live. And we love Woodbury. I have a car here that we had beforehand, but I walk to school every day. It's like a 30-minute walk. So it's very walkable in Ann Arbor. I think across the board, the resources Ross offered, and I m- imagine everybody used these that were kind of tables of, as this family friendly, as this dog friendly, were really, really helpful for us. We never looked at the apartment or the townhome beforehand. We just blindly signed and arrived. And yeah, it's been really good so far.
3: A burning question for you. Yes. How did your pet do in March Madness if you entered them? I didn't enter them. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> really cute
3: pets. Yeah. Next year. One of my favorite things to open my my email for. <laughs> yeah, and on my side as well, I'm also moved with a partner. So definitely part of the entire process. I did the drive from California as well. But what we chose to do, and we were fortunate enough in that we could work remote forever <laughs> since the pandemic. So we chose to move out of San Francisco at the end of January. And we actually mm-hmm. broke the drive up over six weeks. And we'd essentially drive on the weekends and then spend a week in a new city, which was a really fun way to just explore parts of the U.S. I'd never seen before. And I'm California born and raised, so I just remember that moment. We were crossing the border, and I saw the Leaving California sign, and I realized I was really doing it. We were really moving outside of California, which was pretty special. Um, In terms of where to live, I think similarly, we really wanted our own space. We've been in those shoebox apartments in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. so I was particularly excited to have a yard and rooms that were not shared with other people. So we chose to live in Lower Burns Park, which is about 10 minutes walking north of Woodbury, And so about 20 minutes south of Ross walking. And I also love to walk everywhere. I think coming from San Francisco with all the hills, it's so nice to have a flat path to school. So I've been really embracing that and just breaking up my day with the walk to and from campus. And we chose to look at places. It was about March when we came to Ann Arbor the first time. And we spent a little bit of time looking around to decide where we wanted to live um, before moving back in the summer after we'd spent some time with my partner's parents in New Jersey. So um, really love the community. I think there's a lot of amazing places to live in Ann Arbor. So it's really about thinking, you know, what do you want from your experience? Do you want to be in a community? Do you want your own space? Do you want to have roommates? Because that will all shape quite a bit of your experience. I feel like as a first-year MBA student,
0: I did not drive from California. <laughs> <laughs> um but i yeah so i flew in from brazil 30 days prior to the start of the mba which is as early as they allow you to come to the us with the f1 visa and that being said i knew where i was going to live as early as i was admitted um i talked to a lot of people while i was applying and that was one of the topics that i always made sure to ask especially to current students you know and especially to people that were in similar situations to myself. So I am single and I did not uh, have to consider some of the implications of coming here with a partner, right? So I knew that I also wanted to live by myself. I've lived by myself for the past um, nine-ish years. So I did not feel like I wanted to have a roommate right now. That being said, I'm going to have a roommate over the summer for the (laughs) internship, so we'll see how that goes. But so I knew I wanted to be in a studio and there were a few options that I started looking at. And similar to, I think, you guys, I wanted to be close to the NBA community. Ann Arbor is huge and there are a lot of places that you can really live at. Mm -hmm. That being said, the NBA community, I think, is really concentrated at some, you know, places like Woodbury, like The Yard, which is where I'm at, and 618, which is right in front of The Yard. And there are a lot of houses on Hill Street as well, which is, you know, super close to Ross. And there are a lot of MBA students that live there. Important, I think, to also call out Munger Residences. Mm -hmm. And that is where the on-campus housing for graduate students is. All of the other options that we've listed are off-campus munger only has options with roommates and um so i preferred going to to the yard mainly because of that i think it's also convenient it's about 12 minutes walking distance from here i have a bike as well i got slightly nicer bikes so i don't ride it to ross that much but yeah and i feel like you can do most things you know walking here it's also important to mention that you know if you don't want to come here with a car or lease or buy a car You also have the option of renting zip cars for the day or, you know, even for a few hours. They're scattered throughout the entire campus and very convenient. And you can also take the bus, like Ivy mentioned. With our M-Card, you can take the bus pretty much anywhere within Ann Arbor. And I find that that is also super helpful.
2: And scooters.
0: Scooters. Spin scooters. I forgot about them. Yeah. Gotta be careful with the... Potholes. Potholes. Yeah.
3: (laughs) That makes biking really exciting. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, those are all really great places. Um, We have our new round two admits. I think the decision came out. Last week or so. So congratulations to everybody. But I know that a lot of you guys are probably thinking about housing now. And I think you'll do great if you live in Woodbury, um, the yard, 618. That's where a lot of the MBA community is. So if you're in those communities, you'll always have a friend. But, you know, for me and also for Jess, we're living um, not in one of those communities. For me, what I did was I actually reached out to a property management company based in Ann Arbor And I reached out to them and I said, I knew that I wanted to live sort of close to downtown. So I think it's called the Old West Side because, you know, I'm kind of like a couch potato. And when it gets really cold, I'll just (laughs) want to stay home. And I knew that if I'm close enough to downtown, then I won't really have an excuse to just stay home. Um, So that was really important to me. And, you know, I wanted a two bedroom somewhere that was dog friendly and gave all those Um, requirements to the management company. And they were really helpful in giving me a few options. And then we did a Zoom tour. It was great. So just signed right there. But just kind of curious to know about your experience just looking at the place in Burns Park. So we actually
3: bought. So that's a little bit of a different route. There are a few folks who've done that here. So um, for context, we've been saving for a while and moving out of California. It was a really great opportunity to finally invest in a property um, and potentially rent it out in the future. So. We gave ourselves a very short timeline when we came in the spring. So we're like, if we find something in our budget in the next three to four weeks, amazing. If not, we're more than happy to rent. So mm-hmm. for us, it was a little bit more of an investment. So we worked with you know real estate agents and just tried to really get a sense of the neighborhoods before we actually kind of sat down and made the move. But yeah, it's it's been nice. It's been a good experience so far. And... Just honestly love the neighborhood that we're in. There's a lot of other MBAs there as well. So we have quite a community. We have a little group me. We do porch hangs together, you know, and drink beers on the porch, which has been a really fun Midwestern experience. But yeah, a little bit of a different experience, but that is a route for some folks who they are able to do so.
0: And now as we're nearing the end of our first years, what are some of the things that you look back on that really worked with regards to, you know, everything we talked about? Anything that you'd recommend to the class of 24 or any future classes that might be listening to this episode? Anything that maybe you would have done differently?
3: Yeah, I think a couple things I can think of. I think say yes to a lot of things. It's going to be a whirlwind when you first get here. I know I slept a lot because orientation was so many activities, so many people to see, and my brain was processing names and things. But just take advantage of all the opportunities that present themselves in your first quarter because you're really getting a taste for Ross and getting to know your classmates. And then I think too, just making sure to also carve out time for yourself. So making sure that you're reflecting on your experience. You only have, you know, two years here, maybe three if you're doing a dual degree, but making sure that you're kind of getting out of the experience what you wanted to when you thought about your reflections over the summer, just kind of checking in with yourself um, to make sure you're checking those boxes for what your Ross life is like.
0: I really echo that. I heard from a few students when I was applying, or maybe this was after I'd been admitted, that you know there are a lot of things that you'll be able to do over the MBA. And I think part of our struggles really is trying to prioritize, and it's helpful to know what those priorities are for you, and just being very intentional about it, right? So I knew that I wanted to join the podcast. I also knew that I wanted to be a part of the tech club, as well as you know some of my recruiting goals, which thankfully worked out. But it really helps when um, you have your priorities, even you know, I would encourage you maybe writing them down because when you have to decide afterwards what to prioritize, it's helpful if you stay true to maybe what those priorities were. That's not to say that they don't change, But I think that that was something that I would, yeah, echo as well, for sure.
2: Ditto to that too. Something, I guess, maybe like recruiting-wise, tangible, I found, and I'm sure all of us did a lot of coffee chats and talking with alum, and there was a point where I knew I had to talk to people to put on my cover letter more than I'm getting X, Y, and Z out of it. Something that I would really recommend is leaning on MBA2s to understand how many coffee chats to have depending on your industry. So... I learned that CPG, you need to be talking to a lot of people in the companies that you're recruiting to, wasn't the same in tech. And I mismanaged that time because I just didn't know. So I would really recommend leaning on MBA to peer coaches, fact group up front. That's what they're here for. And I'll echo what Justin Edward said about priorities and being true to yourself. Something that I, I mean, being 30, I am. Tired a lot more. (laughs) Um, And I found like during recruiting especially, I wanted to just stay home and chill. And my partner who's not recruiting or anything wanted to go out. And I felt this pull of like, oh, I need to do social things. And finally was like, no, I am going to be the couch potato and he can go out. So he's explored so much more of Ann Arbor than I have with his friends. And it's totally fine. I've had a great experience and still have great friends. So Yeah, even in the social aspect, being true to who you are and listening to your body and knowing what you need to be successful.
3: Yeah, I think to just echo that partner piece, your partner is going to be adjusting too. So I think that was something for us as well as I would come home and I'd be so tired (laughs) because I spent my entire day socializing and networking with companies and he wanted to go out. So finding some activities and some people that he was able to hang out with, whether that was other partners or he joined a rec hockey team, and that was a fun activity for him to do, um, was just a really nice way for us both to adjust because I feel like the experience you have as a student is gonna be very different than if you have a partner who's here working or taking mm-hmm. care of family. So making sure you're carving time for yourself as well as your partner is really important.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I felt the same way too. For me, my boyfriend and I had never really lived together without roommates until we got to Ann Arbor. So that was our first time living together as adults. Um and, you know, during the peak of recruiting, I was very stressed out. And, you know, we were also trying to figure out our cleanliness levels mm-hmm. or just like how to do <laughs> yeah. like housework. Mm-hmm. And we went through sort of a rough patch, I think, a little bit. But, you know, yeah, I think having those conversations with your partners is so critical. And as far as, you know, something I want to share with the upcoming class, there's two things. First is um, I had a lot of questions asked about m and whether it's, you know, should I attend? I don't think I can. Like, am I going to feel FOMO? Am I going to really miss out? And I want to say as someone who did not go to Trek this year, you might feel FOMO, but you're not going to be missing out on making really strong friendships at all. I know that personally, I knew a couple people after orientation. um, They were so exhausted that they were like, okay, I signed up for Trek, but I'm not going to go. And if you do go, it's going to be such a great time. But even if you don't, you're not going to be missing out on making those really deep connections or friendships. So I don't want anybody to be super worried about that. If you have the means to go, please do. But also Don't, if you don't have the bandwidth to do so, everything is going to be fine. And the second thing kind of has to do with recruiting. There's always a lot of questions about what should I be doing over the summer to prep for MBA, which we covered a little bit. But what I did that was really helpful was while you're still at your job, write down a few things that you learned from your job because that's going to come in super handy for when you're doing coffee chats, writing your cover letters, doing a lot of behavioral questions. When you know interviewers ask you, tell me about a time X, Y, and Z. And believe me, once you get to um, that time when you're recruiting, you're going to forget about your pre-Ross life because there's just so much that you've learned. So really recommend taking um, a couple of days to kind of reflect on what you've learned the past few years at your work, you know, professionally, socially, whatever. That's going to come in super handy for when you're getting ready for, you know, applications and interviews and such. So
3: I think if I can add to that, one thing, one piece of advice that kind of jogged for me is someone said create your brag packet or your brag folder. Mm. So if you're still employed and you still have access to your performance reviews or within the limits of sharing, sort of the company data you might have, but if there are projects you're particularly proud of or emails from coworkers, you can start collecting that down because you'll need to start outlining your interview questions, beefing up your resume. So before you lose access to that corporate computer, you might wanna save some of that information down in your private drive so you have it for later reference.
0: That's a great point. If, you know, budget and time permitting, I would also recommend, you know, maybe traveling a little bit mm-hmm. if if you're able to, right? I traveled a little bit in Brazil before coming here. And it's something that I think was great for me. You will have some opportunities to travel here during the MBA as well. But taking some time to do that before coming here is also great to make that transition from our busy professional lives to a busy MBA life. <laughs> yeah. um, anything else that you guys would add? Um. Actually,
2: yes. So coming to school, I hadn't had a personal computer in quite a bit because I was only using my work laptop and was really stressed out about what type of device I should get. I looked at Reddit quite a bit. I tried to look at other business schools' tech recommendations. I ended up getting a Dell because I've been really used to that life in my previous job. It's been great, but I know everybody has really different devices at school. So My advice would be don't stress about it. You'll be fine with whatever you get. But I've been loving having the Dell.
0: I have a Surface personally. I used to have a tablet and a laptop and then I wanted something that, you know, did both. So I have a Pro 7 and I I really like it. But one of the reasons why I got it back in the day was I knew I was going to get an MBA And I wanted something that I could also take notes on. You can also do that on several other computers. But I think that that is something that the pro Surface excels at. No pun intended. (laughs) But, But I think, you know, I'm much more likely to keep my notes from my computer than I am to, you know, lug around these old notebooks. I studied engineering in college and I actually just threw away my notebooks just before coming here. But yeah, that was something that I took into consideration when I was thinking about what computer I wanted to get.
3: Yeah, I have an Apple, so we're representing the gamut here. I think one other thing, too, I realized is you're a student now. You get discounts. So yes. if you are going to buy new hardware, just check where you can get your discounts because I actually got a discount on my my new Mac, which was really helpful because I also hadn't had a personal computer for a while. So it's, definitely make sure to register and, and check that out.
0: Oh, That's such a great point about discounts. Completely forgot about that. I definitely bought a lot of stuff over Black Friday <laughs> with student discounts and yeah, super handy, especially coming from somewhere that I didn't need to have, you know, snow boots or jackets, that sort of stuff. Having student discounts was helpful. Business Beyond Usual is brought to you by the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. Today's episode was produced by Ivy Kim and myself, Eduardo Raymond, executive producers of BBU are Bob Needham, Christina Weiberg and Eric Hoffenbeck. Special thanks to Jonah Brockman, who did our editing today. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, go blue. And this has been Business Beyond You.